Hello and welcome once again to UCA News Weekly Summary, your guide for news and information about and of interest to the church in Asia. I'm John Lawrenson. Pope Francis on Wednesday appealed for global solidarity with Turkey and Syria following a devastating earthquake and thanked those risking their lives to help. About 15,000 people have been confirmed dead following Monday's 7.8 magnitude earthquake. Experts warn the death toll might rise further as rescuers made frantic efforts near the 72-hour mark that experts consider the most likely period to save lives. The tragedy has sent shockwaves across the globe and world powers expressed condolences and promised to offer aid. During the general audience at the Vatican, the Pope said he prays and expresses closeness to the victims and those suffering due to the devastating disaster. Duramente colpite dal terremoto che ha causato migliaia di morti e feriti. Con commozione prego per loro ed esprimo la... Reports say freezing temperatures deepened the misery for survivors while rescuers raced to save countless people still trapped under rubble. Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan on Wednesday conceded shortcomings after criticism of his government's response to the massive earthquake, which is one of the deadliest to occur in this century. A radical Hindu group in India has asked the government to stop special benefits for tribal people who converted to Christianity or Islam. The call came as two Christian-majority states, Meghalaya and Nagaland, are scheduled to hold state elections at the end of February. Indian government runs affirmative action programs for disadvantaged communities officially listed as scheduled tribes. Millions of people from the ethnic tribal communities on the list are eligible for social welfare benefits like educational scholarships and job quotas in government institutions. The Hindu group plans to hold a mass demonstration at Guwahati city of Assam and march to the state capital Dispur on Sunday to demand federal and state governments make constitutional amendments to prevent tribal Christians from drawing the benefits. Christian leaders alleged that the Hindu group's demand is a political conspiracy to create divisions among tribal people on religious lines. Pakistani Catholics paid tribute to former military chief and ex-president General Pervez Musharraf, hailing him for his statesmanship and support to the country's religious minorities. Musharraf died last Sunday in Dubai at the age of 79. He ruled the strife-torn South Asian country for nearly a decade after seizing power in a bloodless coup in 1999. He headed the country at a time when the United States started the global war on terror in the aftermath of the 9-11 attacks. Father Inayat Barnard, the chaplain of Caritas Pakistan, remembered General Musharraf as a great statesman who attempted to make the nation free from terrorism and corruption. Bishop Yousaf Sohan of Multan remembered the late president for supporting vulnerable religious minorities. Musharraf was born in Delhi in British India on August 11, 1943. 
His family and millions of other Muslims migrated to Pakistan following the British-imposed partition of India in 1947. He studied in church-run institutes before joining the military in 1961. Hong Kong's prosecutors accused 47 pro-democracy activists, including former lawmakers, of subversion and conspiracy against the city's government. During the largest trial under the repressive national security law that began on Monday, state prosecutors alleged that the defendants had plotted to use their majority in the city's legislature as a lethal constitutional weapon. Among the defendants, 16 pleaded not guilty to the charge of conspiracy to commit subversion, whereas 31 pleaded guilty. Deputy Director of Public Prosecutions Anthony Chow, in his opening remarks of the trial, urged the court to consider the 2019 anti-extradition bill unrest as a relevant context in the case. He said the unrest led to escalating violence, vandalism and arson. If found guilty of the crimes, the defendants face life imprisonment under the Beijing-imposed national security law enacted in 2020. Critics say Beijing's repressive policy has cast a lethal blow to the autonomy, basic freedoms and rights of people in the former British colony, enjoyed under the one country, two systems framework. Members of a Protestant house church in northern China, forcibly shut down last year, launched a prayer campaign for the well-being of detained pastors, leaders and their family members amid a government crackdown. Five prayer requests were sent to the members as the authorities in the Yadu district of Shaanxi province have continued an investigation into the Linfen Covenant House Church. The church and a church-run school were shut down last November, citing unauthorised religious and educational activities. Last August, police arrested the church's preachers, Li Ji and Han Xidong, and placed them under house arrest. Later, following interrogations of church members, police arrested Wang Jiang, a leader and co-worker of the church. The three arrested were charged with fraud, allegedly based on testimonies of church members that they defrauded congregants through tithings and offerings. The church reportedly came under fire after the leaders refused to join the state-run three-self-patriotic movement. In conflict-torn Myanmar, another Catholic church was hit by military forces. Two artillery shells fell on Our Lady of Sorrow Church in Pekon Diocese, following intense fighting between the military and rebel groups in Christian-majority Kaya State last Saturday. No casualties were reported, but the roof and ceiling of the church in Hawariku Parish were damaged. At least 10 houses were also destroyed. Reports indicate thousands of people from the parish fled following indiscriminate shelling by the military on the border of Kaya and Shan states. Hawariku Parish covers these two states. Along with Loikau Diocese, Pekon is one of the worst affected Christian majority areas where at least 10 Catholic churches have been destroyed by the army. At least six churches in the diocese have been closed, while churches, including the Sacred Heart Cathedral, have been repeatedly attacked and damaged. Catholic Church in Timor-Leste will assist to ensure upcoming parliamentary elections are peaceful 
as previous polls were marred by violence. The declaration was made in a joint press conference of the Timorese Bishops' Conference and the National Election Commission last Thursday. National Election Commission Chairman José Bello indicated the Commission will work with the Church to create a good environment for the upcoming parliamentary elections in May this year. The Church and Commission plan to collaborate in developing various civic education activities and field election monitoring teams throughout the country. According to Cardinal Vergilio do Carmo da Silva of Dili, the Church would offer special prayers for peace in all parishes during the campaign as well as before and after the election. Timor-Leste has a dark history of political conflicts, a result of ongoing tensions between former freedom fighters who battled for the tiny nation's independence from Indonesia. The rivalry between Xanana Guzmao of the National Congress for Timorese Reconstruction and Mari Alkatiri of the Revolutionary Front for an Independent East Timor Party has triggered a political stalemate and acts of violence. About 2,000 people gathered at the National Shrine of Our Lady of Lavang in Quang Tri province of central Vietnam to mark the 35th anniversary of the Marriage Family Enrichment Programme. Four bishops and 30 priests also attended the three-day programme that ended last Thursday. The marriage programme is credited for helping Catholics live a faithful and happy married life. Jesuit Father Peter Chu Quang Min started the program in the US in 1987 to teach Vietnamese refugees how to live as good Catholics, maintain traditional family values and build a happy life in their new home. Father Min, 85, who had fled to the US in 1975, introduced the program in his home country for the first time in 2003. Over 40,000 Vietnamese couples in Vietnam, Japan, Australia, Europe and North America have joined the programme since it was introduced. Catholic couples testified that the programme helped them deepen their marriage bonds and have happy families. Catholic bishops in Japan have collected more than 100,000 signatures in a campaign against the possible tightening of the country's immigrants' law calling it oppressive to refugees and immigrants. The campaign began in December 2021 and is ongoing as the government plans to toughen the Immigration Control Act. Parliament reportedly rejected a proposal to make the law more stringent in 2021, but the government of Prime Minister Fumio Kishida is planning to reintroduce amendments this year. Proposed changes include children whose parents do not have residency status in Japan being deported along with their parents despite being born and raised in Japan. Changes also include locking up immigrants without a residency permit in detention centres indefinitely and drastically reducing the special permit system and restricting the possibilities of re-entry. The Bishop's Commission on Refugees and Migrants, along with six civil society organisations, issued a joint statement opposing the bill, saying it oppresses refugees and endangers the lives of those who do not yet have residency status. That's it for this week. More news and views on ucanews.com. If you like the podcast, give it a thumbs up and share it with your friends and relatives. Also let us know your feedback via DM on our Twitter handle given in the show notes. 
Your contribution is what makes this reporting possible. Help us through ucanews.com slash donate. Today's producer has been Alex. Until next week, goodbye.